The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. One shining moment is all on the line. One shining moment. What's up, college basketball fans, and welcome to a new episode of CBB365. On today's episode, we've got a recap of the TBT and the basketball tournament, and then we'll move in to an interview with Buffalo guard Javon Graves, and then we'll wrap it up with a little news and some trivia with producer Jake Klein as the moderator, and co-host Patrick and I will be uh, going head-to-head in a little trivia for you guys, so uh, it's a great episode. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, enjoy the show. All right, some pretty big news out of the tournament. This week, uh, Overseas Elite featuring Iso Joe, who wears socks without any brands on them. Plain socks, as the TBT tweeted, just kind of weird, but they lost to Sideline Cancer. Pretty cool team name, in no, my opinion. No, it sounds like locker room cancer. Like- just because you were subjected to the tortures of Kyrie Irving for the past two seasons doesn't mean you have to bring it out on a charity. I feel like it sounds like all their players are dicks, but I get it. It's It's supposed to be the uh i mean it is they they're playing for they're playing for charity so they cool are, if yeah, any they, team was going to be if any team was going to be my team Bayheim's army i guess i would i would rather it be them and then they beat overseas elite so they're not it makes me feel better about my team losing to them before yeah, time my yeah. team my team was the last one standing out of all three of us so they were yeah uh, well, war tampa, war tampa going that, out that wasn't yeah, my original choice no but you kept either way overseas elite lost so yeah, you can't pick true. overseas elite. That's not fair. And well, now my true. team has heard that, so well they're yeah, also out. Too. So yeah, well, Ad Elmore is my hero. So wait, <laughs> the two teams that have won, obviously, overseas elite's a four-time champ, and Carmen's crew, who won this past year, they're out. The, the last five years, we're gonna have a new champion this year, whether it's Golden Eagles, the Marquette yeah, except team. Golden Eagles has made it to the final. For the past two years, haven't they? Yeah, they're good. Uh, no, not the past yeah. two years. I want to say just one of the years, but I would really like to see sideline cancer. I mean, what were they? Twenty-two seed, right? Yep. For the twenty-two Cinderella. seed, they've got that stud Marcus Keene, who is the all-time. He's no Bryce Brown from Michigan, but he's dude. He's a bucket. He's just dude, five nine. Dude, dude, he's no Bryce Brown. Does Marcus Keene wear a headband like Bryce Brown does? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh my god, that dude is such a copycat. By the way, no, Sideline but... Cancer is doing this all without their best player. Who's their best player? Diamond Stone, who who played for the Clippers. Oh yeah, that yeah. is such a good name. That is such a good name. No, but going back to Marcus Keene, dude. There's so many. There's so much talk, and I'm gonna ask you guys this question. Marcus Keene's five nine. He's a five nine point guard who can score the hell out of the ball. Obviously can score on all three levels, can get to the rack, can shoot it from outside. As we've seen in the TBTs, mm-hmm. lit it up. He's lit it up in the tournament. But what would you guys think from an NBA? You have Isaiah Thomas, who's 5'9", 5'10". But, I mean, so many guys. I mean, I see this on Twitter all day, reacting to Marcus Keene, who's dropping 20 a game in this tournament, telling NBA teams to sign him. Would you take a chance on him if you were an NBA team? Obviously, there's a big height risk, but – 
I mean, you've seen the way he can play. I mean, he's a great player, but I mean, what do you guys think about? You know, uh, I I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't take the risk. Look, I I have. I love the TBT. I think especially this week it was so fun because it was actually sports and it, I, I had all the feels of watching an actual Syracuse game where they just huck up random threes and don't really score at all. But I don't think there's a single player in that tournament that I would sign if I was an NBA team. Except for Iso Joe. At this point, I don't think I would sign him if I was an NBA team. I don't know, man. You look at like the Nets. I mean, would you take Jamal Crawford or Joe Johnson? Jamal Crawford? Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. I go back and forth. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford scored 50 points the last time he played. Yeah, against. I know, but you don't think Joe Johnson could go out and drop 25 right now? Not an NBA game. He couldn't even do it in a TBT game. That's true. That's a good point. Except he's also old. Both of them are old. Yeah, I mean, they're both 40. Joe Johnson is 40? I didn't turn 40. I turned 20 twice. twice. Jamal Crawford. That's a good quote. He didn't play high school. He didn't play college ball, right? Did he? Jamal no. Crawford? Yeah. No. He went to Michigan. Yeah, he did. Yes, sir. Go blue. Oh, shoot. Go blue. Adam, can you sing the Michigan fight song for us? Okay. Not, not right here. All right. So now we are here with our second player to ever join us on the show. Buffalo Bull, Javon Graves. Javon, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're originally from Canton, Ohio, deep in Maction territory. Uh, it's obviously an important place in the football world, but what role did basketball culture in Northeast Ohio play in your upbringing as a player? It's big. Like It's so competitive here. <laughs> around, this area, around this area, there's a lot of Mac schools. So. It's just a lot of uh, competitiveness, basketball and football. You were coached in high school at um, St. Vincent's St. Mary's by Drew Joyce. Some of you may know him from the documentary more than a game about LeBron James's high school teams with the Fab Five. Anywho, uh, he coached LeBron James the state title in 2003. What are some things that Coach Joyce was able to pass along to your team that he learned, learned while coaching LeBron? Um, he, he passed along just the – to stay the course, it was a lot of um, things off the court to help us um, on the court. So just being together, playing hard, just competing all the time. Is it crazy to hear your name up alongside LeBron James while talking about some of the uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary's greats? It is. I mean, it's, it's to be in the record books with him and be one of the top five um, scorers and winners and things like that playing the games. It's just... It's a lot of tradition at the school, and I mean, I'm happy that I went there. Out of high school, you were pretty lightly recruited. Obviously, no Power Five offers, but what was it that eventually led you to Buffalo? Um, yeah, Buffalo was a lot of the, the system. I liked how they played, how their pace. Um, the coaches were really good. I know they won a lot, so me getting to the tournament was like the big thing for me. I mean, it worked out perfectly. What was it like starting out in a smaller role and having to more build your way up to more playing time as you aged? Was it frustrating at first? So so in high school, I think that um, taught me just – it's really like the same role I've had. Um, my first two years in high school were really good. Had a lot of talent. Um, and it was just playing that role. So I started my sophomore year just like college. And it's, so I was used to it. 
Um, I knew what I was asked of this past year, just being a leader. So I liked how it went. After your sophomore year, your old coach, Nate Oates, departed Buffalo for Alabama. What was it like adjusting to a coaching change, especially in the college realm, where the coach may have been a major factor in your decision to attend the school in the first place? Uh, it, was, it wasn't too different because our coach was already an assistant and I built a great relationship with him. So it wasn't too much different. I mean, I was happy that Coach Weissel got the job and we all were. Since you arrived at Buffalo, uh, the program has a master record of 79-25 and 25 with some big NCAA tournament upsets. What does that say to you about Buffalo as a program that maybe doesn't get as much national attention as even some other mid-major teams? I think recently we've got a lot more just because our, our seasons have gone so good. But it just shows that we're a great program, and it was just the right decision to come here because we won. Your personal numbers um, jumped a lot last year after the departure of some of the team's leaders, but the team's record declined slightly. How do you balance being excited about personal developments while also being focused or even concerned about team struggles? Um, I, pr I pretty much know what I can do. I think it's just lifting everyone else up and just showing that they're capable of doing great. So I think it's just a team thing. Winning is the most important thing for me, so whatever I can do to win. And we lost some disappointing games last year, but we'll be good. So this offseason obviously has been not a typical one and much different than all other offseasons you've had in your college career. What parts of your routine are changed during this offseason, during coronavirus, and how have you adapted and been able to stay ready during quarantine for, you know, when you're ready back and uh, ready to go for college season? This offseason, um, normally we'd be in school uh, much longer than what we're going to be. So the summer sessions, I will be lifting more, and I haven't really lifted much. So that's changed and just the conditioning part. But on the court, I've been able to be on the court since I got home. So I've really, like, drilled in on my uh, skill work. So I've learned a lot of different things with that. So. At one point this offseason, you had entered your name into the NBA draft, but withdrew it to return to school. How do you think the process was different this year for those on the outside that may not know what the difference is, you know, entering your name into the NBA draft? And what led to your decision to return back to Buffalo for another year? Yeah, it was just a lot of uncertainty. So the guys that don't know if they would be drafted and things like that, it's just you're unsure. You don't know if you'll have workouts or not. And they just keep pushing things back. And I just went to um, get back with the team and just show that I'm all in. Do you have any goals, like personal goals or team goals for this upcoming season? Uh, this upcoming season is the first goal. The main goal is definitely to win the MAC, the MAC title and get back to the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, and really just grow each day as a team. And then for me, I want to be the player of the year and also um, become the all-time winningest player in school history. I think those are some uh, pretty solid goals for you, Javon. But uh, that's going to do it. That's all the questions we have for you today. Uh, Javon, thank you for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. For today's episode, we're actually going to do some trivia action. Uh, any clients? First of all, is there like any actual college basketball news? The Ivy League is canceled for the fall. Yeah, except that doesn't affect college basketball. Well, it sort of does because they're not allowed to. The Ivy League will not entertain 
a single college uh, a single college sport in their conference until July until, until January first, which is when conference play for Power. That's power about five basketball two. Starts that's anyways. about two months after Harvard played their first game of the season uh, against yeah, MIT last year. You're missing, you're missing they played against two. MIT, aren't they D three? MIT sucks. Yeah, they they crushed yeah. them. But you missed two months of games. Yeah, that's start, like, that's big in news. Early November, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, November fifth, Harvard opened the Ivy League season. Uh, and the other thing was the Big Ten went to conference only for football, um, which I think is stupid. I don't know what you guys make of that. And Notre Dame's going to actually have to play in the ACC for football. I don't really care. I, the Big Ten doesn't affect me at all. Actually, yes, it does. Uh, row the boat. Uh, ski you, my go Gophers. Like, I think it's kind of smart. I feel like they could actually play all the teams in the Big Ten now that it's only conference, conference only. Let's think about South Carolina. They because they're playing conference only games, they're they have to cancel their game against Clemson, but they do have to travel to Texas A and M, which is halfway across the yeah, country. Yeah, which sucks. That's stupid. That's stupid. So just because it's in the conference doesn't mean it's necessarily closer. That's true. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But they're all gonna be going by the same guidelines because Clemson's been like destroyed by the coronavirus. Like they got hit the hardest, I feel like. Them and LSU. All right, trivia time. All right, let's get Adam. to this trivia. I will ask the questions. I'll just start with Adam. He can answer. If he answers correctly, he gets the point. If not, Pat goes, and then we'll switch off with who goes first every time. Pat can steal the point. Pat can steal the point. Yeah. Whoever isn't. Whoever, if you get it wrong, you can steal the point. Adam, which school became the lowest seed ever to reach the Sweet 16? Florida Gulf Coast, 15 seed. That is correct. 2013, Florida Gulf Whoa, Coast. Oh, baby. Shoot. Wow. Wow. Beat wow. number two Georgetown and number seven San Diego State. So Adam has won. Now we will go to Pat. Pat, yeah. which school was a number one seed three years in a row, but never won a game during that stretch? I don't know. It, it's it's DePaul. Oh, dude! Oh. I could still I could have stole the point. Oh, I forgot. Oh shoot! But you weren't gonna, Adam. I actually was not going against DePaul, so yeah, From oh, yeah. 1980 to 1982, they were one seed every time. They lost to UCLA, St. Joe's, and Boston College. Oh, go go Hawks. Adam, All right, here we go. Give me another who, one. Adam, who was the last player to win Final Four MVP on a losing team? Allen Iverson? That's not right. Is that is it? incorrect. Uh, Larry Bird? That is no, also incorrect. Right. The answer is Hakeem Olajuwon. In 1983, Olajuwon was the Final Four MVP, but they lost to NC State in the final game. Oh, yeah. Oh, on the tip-in. Yep. Okay. Pat. Yep. What was the first conference to send three teams to the same Final Four? Oh, the Big East. Yeah. That is correct. Tied at one. Adam, which city has hosted the most NCAA tournament games? I'm going to go Atlanta. I don't know. That's probably not right. That's incorrect. What is Philadelphia? That is also incorrect. Oh, I was thinking the Palestra because they used to have a round there every year. The correct answer is Dayton, Ohio. Really? They have had the first four games there for the last decade. Plus, they often have uh, an actual round of the round of 64 played there. We are still tied at one. Patrick. Yes. Who was the first? Uh, who was the final player to bypass college for the NBA before the one and done rule was outlawed? 
the last guy to skip college for the NBA before that was banned? I don't know. X. Adam? Uh, I don't know. I'll pass. Amir Johnson. Oh! This is a very underwhelming performance. You're asking tough questions. 1-1. One, one. Adam, most overtimes in a single NCAA men's basketball game. I know this. Most what? Overtimes. Overtimes. Jeez. Seven. That is correct. Damn it. Yeah, Yeah, Syracuse UConn. Incorrect. The Syracuse UConn game went for six overtimes. It was What was the seven? Cincinnati seventy three. Bradley seventy one. Back on December twenty first, nineteen eighty one. They went to seven overtimes and only scored seventy three points. That's embarrassing. Here we go. Up to one, baby. Patrick. Yes. Who won the first ever NIT? Who is the University of Texas? That's incorrect. It's Adam's turn. Oh. Uh, I almost said the answer. That was a good catch. Syracuse. Incorrect. It was Temple in 1938. Oh! oh! I, knew that. I knew that. I knew that. I didn't know that. Oh, that's so frustrating. All right, carry on. Keep going. Adam Hipsky, who inbounded the ball before the shot by Christian Leitner in 1992? Oh, my God. I don't know. I'll pass. Grant Hill. Grant oh, Hill is the correct damn. answer. We are tied again in two. Which wooden award winner had the most points per game in their award-winning season? Who is Shavano Heald? That is incorrect. Damn it. Adam Hipsky, which wooden award winner had the most points per game in their award-winning season? <sighs> Danny Ainge, I don't know. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Glenn Robinson Jr. In 1994, uh-huh. he averaged 30 points a game. Give me a number. Fewest points ever scored in a half of a Division One basketball game. 31. Incorrect. Patrick? 12. Four. Oh my god, four! <laughs> it must have record, been a Syracuse versus Virginia game. And for the record, this happened in 2013. <laughs> Ooh. January 26, 2013, Northern Illinois, Maction. Maction, let's go! Four points on the board in the first half against Eastern Michigan. They ended up losing 42-25. to 25. Okay, so they went on a little bit of a run in the second half. They yeah, they got it going. Points. My last traditional question, most combined points in a game. This is not a Division One game. This is any college basketball game. Most combined points in a game, Adam. It's my turn. Most combined most combined. Just yeah, over under, like like the number. Most combined points in a game. Add the two teams, what's the number? Two hundred and thirty. Incorrect, Adam. 256. What is 399? Oh my god! Shout out John Boyce for his great video on this. Troy State, 258. DeVry, 141. That was back on January 12th, 1992. If I am not mistaken, we are tied at two. We are. Let's do where did players play in college? Okay, hold on. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. Okay. Where he go? Where he go? I will start with I think I start with Pat. Yes. Pat, where he go? Caleb Swanigan. Indiana. Incorrect. Adam. Swing it over to me. Purdue University. Go boilers. That is correct. Adam God damn it. Leads the tiebreaker by one. Cheater. Adam, where he go? Grant Williams. Tennessee. Patrick, where he go? Bonzi Colson. 
Who the hell is Bonzi Colson? Swing it over to me. Swing it over to me. He would be easily the best center in the ACC this decade. Who is what? Or what is Notre Dame? Adam, where he go? Monty Morris. Iowa State. Or nothing, Adam. Board. Just a drubbing. <laughs> <laughs> is it for nothing? Oh yes. Patrick, where he go? Ron Baker. I don't know. <laughs> Wichita State. Okay, Adam is your CBB three six five. Trivia champion. I'm sure we'll do this again, but for now, Adam has the belt. For everyone that tuned into this magnificent episode of trivia and got to see me whoop up on Patrick and a little where he go. Allegedly. And a little bias shown by Klein and trivia towards Patrick. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to tune in next week to the new episode of CB365, one of the few college basketball podcasts brought to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Once a week, CBB365 with Adam Hipsky, Patrick Dalhan, and Jake Klein. I'm Adam Hipsky. We will see you next week.